And now, making their way into the arena, hailing from the great pro wrestling state of Massachusetts, they are the hosts of the Top of the Cage podcast. Here are Bill and Juice. And thank you again, Rich Palladino, the voice of New England, always making us sound so good. And yes, it is I. I am the super producer. I am Bill, joined always by my tag team partner, my wrestling confidant. He is the future booking genius and the prince of pro wrestling podcasts he is justin juice motherfucking cannon SummerSlam has come and gone Another year of the titular event of the summer, as WWE likes to promote it. What did you think of SummerSlam? Uh, it was fun. It was nice to see the first pay-per-view of Triple H's vision. And then seeing the Raw after that was even better. There was no, like, blow-away match. The first match was really good, but, you know, it's we've seen the two before. And it wasn't my favorite of their encounters, Becky and Bianca. But uh, one of my favorite moments of just the year is just Bailey returning. Uh, long awaited. That was awesome. And then just like, oh, here's Dakota Kai. She's back. And then it's like, oh, here's Eo making her main roster debut. That was just an awesome moment. I think that can really transition us into our first topic of the night, our first of two topics of the night. And that is talking about the Mount Rushmore of SummerSlam matches or moments because SummerSlam does have its fair share of funny moments as well, as well as uh, great in-ring work at the event do you want to start us off on one of the four matches or moments that made your mount rushmore uh yeah i'll start and i'll this one my first is very timely because it's just unforgettable and i i've never seen anything like it before and i definitely won't forget the spot and it's um it is lesnar using the tractor to lift the ring push and lift the ring like that is insane i'll never forget that uh that got a pop of everyone watching there and not that was just insane what a visual too like what a visual of a tractor lifting up the ring roman fucking flopping out of the ring very rarely does wwe surprise me with unique spots like that but god damn was that a unique spot you could tell Lesnar just wanted it. I wonder if that's like when there were rumors of him leaving SmackDown because of the Vince stuff. If like they're like, well, if you if you're in the SummerSlam match, we'll let you use a tractor. <laughs> he was like, shit, I'm sold. Well, the first one on my Mount Rushmore, also to do with Brock Lesnar. I don't actually have that moment on my SummerSlam one, but if I could have a fifth, I think that'd be up there. Um, but my first one is Lesnar absolutely kicking the shit out of Super Cena and winning the world title on his return. I mean, that was... I will never forget watching that match live and just thinking, oh my God, John Cena is getting brutalized right now. Like, it wasn't even close. Like, it literally... No sign of Super Cena. Like, he he, he got a little bit of offense in that match at one point, but Lesnar absolutely dominated that match. It, it was scary, you know? It was just straight-up scary. Yeah, like the 16 suplexes. And just uh, SummerSlam is Lesnar's show, man. And that was one of most, most memorable moments for sure. And that almost made mine. But I didn't want to give, like, Lesnar three spots because he does have one other in mind, and I'll just go right to it. This one's a match, and it's from debatably – well, not debatably. It's the best SummerSlam of all time. Debatably one of the best pay-per-views of all time. Uh, it's SummerSlam 2002, Rock versus Lesnar for the title. That match was a banger. That was just an iconic match and iconic on an iconic pay-per-view. And I think the first time, I, I didn't watch it live, but the first time I watched the pay-per-view and I saw that's the main event, I'm like, oh, I'm sure that's pretty good. Um, but like, I don't see it topping the other matches on the card. And I already knew that had a big reputation of great match. I'm like, I feel like this might be an overrated match. And the other match, I don't see it topping the other matches we've seen, like Kurt Angle and Rey Mysterio and uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. 
Uh, it did. <laughs> it was amazing. It was a, one of the best main events Rock has had, and Rock has been so many memorable main events, and so is Lesnar. So, yeah, that's next one for me, and that's the last time you'll see Lesnar on my list, I promise. <laughs> well, you helped segue me into one of the ones on my list, and I actually did put HBK versus Triple H, the street fight, uh, on my Mount Rushmore list because I thought that this match was brutal. I really liked the story that was coming into it of Michaels being retired for years, Triple H coming in. Uh, you know, he kind of got a little fast tracked to that feud, but I think Triple H and Shawn Michaels have always been told stories very well in their wrestling abilities, especially against each other. I think that whenever they've been enemies is when that they've been at both at their bests. And I don't know, like, I, I think kind of what you're saying is that 2002 pay-per-view really, really good <laughs> for me that Lesnar winning the title and becoming the youngest world champion at the time is, is, is definitely something that is marquee in, in the history of professional wrestling, especially WWE. That is a pretty important moment, but I really do like that street fight. It's one of my favorite street fights that's ever been created. That was one that almost made it for me, but uh, originally we were gonna do la we were gonna do a last man standing Mount Rushmore tonight. We might still will we will in the future, but not now. And uh, both those guys were gonna make appearances probably on mine and maybe against each other because they have had one last man standing. I think uh, I'll just move on next to my list, and it's a non match. It's a spot. This is from Shane McMahon versus uh, Blackman for the Hardcore Title. It's not the match. It's the spot where Shane McMahon falls like 50 feet. <laughs> that was just insane. People talk about like daredevil Shane. He'll do anything. That's like the moment, the first moment that comes to mind when people say that. Yeah. That, and that's like used in promo packages the world over for WWE. I think that's literally been used like every year in some form of a package for WWE since it happened. But I completely agree. That really kind of was the culmination of, okay, Shane O'Mac is just going to fucking die for our sins, I guess, every time he goes into a ring. And I, it was a wild spot, something that had never really been seen before at the time. Definitely super duper cool. Definitely a good moment too, actually. You know, we were talking off air about how I wasn't too sure how many good moments or matches from SummerSlam there were. But now that we're like getting into it and you have a few different ones than I do, I'm like, damn. Maybe there was a few good ones that I just completely missed. The reason it became a major four pay-per-view because some of the all-time classics are from it. Very true. I remember being a kid and watching SummerSlam for the first time. I like begged my parents to let me stay up and watch it because it was a Sunday and it was still school vacation when it was on. So I was like, Mom, Dad, please, it's only $40. I've been a good boy this year. They were like, okay. I remember being in my couch in my living room just by myself with my dog, just watching it on our, at the time, super fat HDTV. It was like one of the first times uh, HD was like being used too, I think. It was awesome. It was so awesome. Uh, one funny SummerSlam moment. I think it's more remembered for how over the top it was than how good it necessarily was. And that is SummerSlam 2005. The overselling of Shawn Michaels to the one Hulk Hogan. I, if I need a laugh, if I need something to like just put me over the edge of just being silly and goofy, that's what I go to. Because the story behind it too of just Shawn, just, you know what, Hogan, you want to be a superhero? You want to be this big bad man? Fine. I will go over the top, over my ass to just make you look like that. I will make you look exactly how you think you are in your mind. And just the absolute professional that Shawn Michaels is, it was just so beautiful, so funny, just seeing him flop, throw himself around the ring, like literally just like a, a headbutt into the turnbuckle, just literally sent him flying into the other side of the ring. <laughs> like, and the, the best part about that spot too is when he, not only does he like just jump backwards, but he literally springboards off the bottom rope to get more height and more distance. <laughs> So I put that on there more for the infamy of it, but it's still a, a great SummerSlam moment. People overselling to old man Hulk 
is just for sure a spectacle in itself. My Mount last spot, my Mount Rushmore is a match and it's probably people listening to this that may be older are like, why haven't you said this yet? Well, this is probably not just the greatest SummerSlam match, but and I, one of the greatest matches in general. And I'm getting to it. You just had to wait. Uh, British Bulldog versus Bret Hart. Uh, I, I feel like in at least one of our Mount Rushmores, if one of us didn't say it, we'd get uh, probably like crucified and canceled. <laughs> you know, uh, battle, battle of the family, family feud, and just uh, a classic between two of the best te- technicians we've ever seen. And it was just a blast. And it's so timely. Like it's, if, if you grew up in our generation, you enjoy it. If you're a wrestling fan back then, you enjoy it. Or even before that, like Bruno San Martino was your jazz, and you'd probably still enjoy this match too. It's just such a banger. The fact that it happened in London, British Bulldog getting the win, and that crowd was so fucking hot for him. And that place erupted when he, like, just that little rollover. I love the finish of that match too. I just love it because of its simplicity. Just the Bulldog out-wrestled Brett. Like he just got that one last little move over him, pinned his legs down deep. That was a deep pin, too. And the one, two, three made the crowd erupt. Uh, yeah, that is also on my list. I actually was debating between that and Brett versus Owen. I think that they both deserve a spot somewhere in the history books of SummerSlam. But I, I think that you are correct in that. That might not only be the SummerSlam moment, but that might be one of the greatest WWE matches that's ever happened. For sure. And um, I think the only reason Owen Hart and Brett didn't even cross my mind is, one, I'll be honest, I didn't even realize they had a SummerSlam match. And two, when I think of Owen versus Brett, even though they have multiple matches, I always think of WrestleMania 10. Yeah, it was a, it was definitely a good match. Again, technical, Brett versus Owen, they just know each other well. Yeah, but I like I said, I think at the end of the day, Brett versus Bulldog is 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 probably the SummerSlam moment. And if you guys have any issues with what we have on here, if we left off one of your favorite SummerSlam matches or moments, you can definitely let us know. We'll be plugging the social medias later in the episode, so make sure you tune in for that. So Juice, transitioning to our last little segment we have here. I think it's a little build-off from the segment we had two weeks ago uh, where we did the... What exactly did we call it? <laughs> I don't remember exactly what we called it. It was the uh, the eight people to build a company around, right? Yeah. Or eight people in tag teams that you build a company around. Unless you were me and you just picked factions, so you got like six people per pick. <laughs> <laughs> So why don't you talk us through this expanded little uh, little exercise that you have here for us tonight? Yeah, so this is just build a wrestling company, and it's that, but it's bigger. This will definitely take a lot of time, so uh, bear with us. But I think it's gonna be fun, and you know, you like do it along with us. Like, what would you do? Maybe or even like use ours, and like what matches you do, do the title, whatever you want to do. Have fun with it. Uh, I'll get into it. So five upper card males. This, uh, five mid. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh, sorry. I want, I want. I thought you were about to like answer the question, so I was like, "Well, I have, I have one. I want to hear right away." All right, continue. No, 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 Don't mind I, me just jumping the gun. I'm gonna roll down. Uh, yeah. So here's here's all the things we'll you know have to say in our company. I won't interrupt this time. <laughs> That's okay. So here, here they I are. Promise. <laughs> five upper card males, five mid card males, uh, six tag teams. Eight, a woman, woman in the woman division. I mean, of course, they're in the woman's division. Uh, well, you have a GM, and who is it? Uh, how many commentators? Which commentators? A name of company. Uh, we could start with the name of company. That should probably go first. Uh, pick one segment or draw for your company to set apart from the rest. It can be like a weird type of match, or it can be like a specific, just, I don't know, like a concept or thing that separates you from the rest. What's the name of your company? Uh, Super Juicy Wrestling, SJW. <laughs> your name is so much more unique than mine. Originally, I want to name mine Big Time Wrestling, and then I realized, oh, shit, 
there is a big time wrestling thing. <laughs> There's a shitload of big time wrestling. <laughs> That's probably why it sounded so good to me. I was like, big time wrestling. Perfect. So uh, I named mine, and I was hoping that I would be able to ask you this question before uh, you answered, or before I answered. Yeah, I named mine the Top Wrestling Federation. <laughs> okay. TWF. Who would be your commentators? So my commentators would be... This was really tough. There's so many I like, but um, I kind of just picked... I picked. I didn't just pick my favorites. I picked two guys who have really good chemistry and one guy who's just really entertaining. First guy, the lead commentator, the face of my commentary table, Pat McAfee. That's a given. Uh, the next two is... I feel like they don't really get talked about that much, but I, f- I think they've been doing a really good job, even though I don't really like NXT 2.0 as much. But... Wade Barrett and Vic Joseph have incredible chemistry, and I feel like no one talks about it. Yeah, I completely agree, actually. Like, they've been killing it. Yeah, like, they're so funny, and they give good analysis, too, and it's just, I really have fun listening to them, and I that's something I'd like to see in the next level at one point. Like, they're just so fucking good, and I think if you pair them with Pat, Pat McAfee and Wade Barrett going back and forth, that would be hilarious. That would be incredible. That that's the main one. We're only do one show, but if I had a second team, I would do uh, Veda Scott, Matthew Rowalt, aka Aiden English, and Nigel McGinnis. Other three commentators. Like if I had a second show, I'd do that. But the main one, if I only had one, it's that first one I said. So I only have one team of commentators, but as we get more into my company, I probably realize I should have two. But my three commentators that I would have in my three-man commentary team, my uh, lead commentator would, of course, be Michael Cole. I love Michael Cole. Literally the voice of my like WWE tenure. Like I rarely didn't hear michael's cole's voice in any part of me being like a daily or a weekly wrestling fan so michael cole definitely in there and i kind of went the same route as you is who are two people that he specifically has good chemistry with not necessarily that the other two people have chemistry with mainly because well they've never been in the same company at the same time and i chose taz and pat mcafee (laughs) because i think that taz and pat mcafee would be very fun I think that Taz would have great technical insight and he has that like thick New Yorker accent. And like, I could just see McAfee just giving digs at Taz every now and then, or like Taz trying to like question McAfee's technical knowledge and Cole just being like, what are you two talking about? <laughs> it's just like them getting into some stupid argument or just like talking about some stupid topic. But I think that the three of them in a three man commentary team could be super fun. And I think, like, kind of like you said, like, Cole would be, like, the the lead. McAfee would just be, like, the hype color guy. And then uh, Taz would be our resident technician to let us know what's actually going on in the ring. That's fair, and that's good. That's kind of, like, my uh, formula. Like one really entertaining guy and then two guys who have chemistry. I'll be honest. I still hate Michael Cole. I, uh, like, people, I, I know SummerSlam, people are like, wow, he's so good without Vince holding him back. I'm like, to me, it's just a slight increase. Like he still sounds the same. I didn't really get. I got. There's a difference. There is a difference. I'll admit that, and I enjoyed him a little bit more. He just became. I want to punch him in the face and get him off my TV. To I can almost tolerate him. I'm sorry if that angers you, triggers you. You can let me know. But uh, I'm just being honest. But uh, him and Pat do have good chemistry, and I uh, I can admit that. And like it makes it easier to listen to Michael Cole when he's with Pat. Because uh, I'll say he's not almost tolerable. He is tolerable <laughs> because of Pat McAfee. <laughs> yeah, I like I like Michael Cole, man. Honestly, I, I thought he's always just done a good job and kind of was always like the, the, the leader of the ship, able to kind of command. And I never really minded his voice. Never really thought he had a, quote, punch and get off my TV voice. But. Me, it's more of what he says in his voice. Well, no, it's his voice. It's everything. I don't know what it is about Michael Cole. I'm sorry, Michael Cole. Uh, I'm sure you're a great dude, and you work hard, and um, you have fun what you're doing. I'm not, you know, I know a lot of people are friends of yours. I don't want you to go away for the sake of your people, uh, 
you're fans, but um, I don't, I, you're not for me. You're just not a coal miner. It's all right, Juice. You weren't, you weren't a, a part of the OG coal miners. You no. know, I mean, oh, he also, I, I like how I said he and Pat have chemistry, but he and Taz have chemistry too. So that'd actually be a fun, really fun. Uh, table yeah, for- they, they were like one of the first commentary teams I remember. Obviously, Jr. And, and King or uh, Jr. And yeah, Jr. And King. I don't know why I questioned that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I love me some Taz on commentary, man. All right, so let's move to GMs or GM. Who's your GM? Uh, my GM, I would have one. That's uh first part, and um, the person is William Regal. I think that's just a good fit, and you can even throw him on commentary occasionally too. Uh, and also. I would be involved too. Like if I had a company, I want to be involved. I want to have fun too. I don't want to just be completely behind the scenes. I think I'm good on the mic that I can. And like, I won't be grading like Tony Khan. Like I love Tony Khan, but he can't don't, don't be on TV. (laughs) Sorry, Tony. But I think I could, I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't be grading. I wouldn't be too much involved that you just hate me. And I wouldn't like insert myself in a match every like, <laughs> all, the, all the time. Like I'd, I'd maybe if, if I'm an owner, I'd probably have like two matches in my career. <laughs> if even. Well, you're not, you're not going to book yourself to win the world title, bro. No, never. I would never put myself in a major title feud, maybe a mid card title or like a tag title, but no. In my company, there would be two GMs because there would be two different shows. And, of course, William Regal is one of them. Same reasons as you. William Regal was arguably one of the greatest figures, both in WWE and NXT, to ever grace our TV. Uh, I would want to hear him say, War Games, assuming that we have the ability to, or, or Blood and Guts, or whatever our form of it is. And then the other one, I think that this is going to be like a unique and a little bit of a different perspective. And I'm going to go with Chris Jericho. I think that as he's getting older, he has the ability to still wrestle in the ring. Granted, I probably would make his appearances in the ring a little less. I don't think I'd have any real factions with him. Maybe he would have like those couple wrestlers that he's boys with, just like the heels. Because he would be a heel GM and Regal would be a face GM. And I think Jericho just has like the ability to just play the character and to like make smart decisions for the roster, to book smart matches, to really like present what the brand is all about and represent it well. And, you know, he's a sports entertainer of like the, the millennia, the century. So who wouldn't want him on your show? That's a good combo. And, um, yeah, I, I think if I did two, I'd probably just still stick with Willie Regal and me. <laughs> but I'd like to be involved in both shows. But yeah, I think I'd stick with that. Yeah, well, I'll move on to um, uh, pick one segment or draw for your company. You can start. All right. So I really like this little thing that I, I made. And I, I think that it's a unique take. I actually was thinking about this for like a good 10, 15 minutes of like, what is unique what is interesting what is new that i can do and then i realized something that i've always wanted in pro wrestling so in my company after our biggest show of the year we would have a three-month off season similar to like the nfls where there would be like an off season where people would have the ability to make transactions be it like trades any new signings to the company Um, like there would be some form of a draft or if somebody was like a restricted free agent or an unrestricted free agent, they would have the ability to have like contract negotiations just based off of how this NFL off season is so far. Like I am so fucking excited for the NFL to come back this year that like, I would want to generate and really build the same sort of interest in my company. Now, the tough part would be like drafts and stuff like that, because that's a big part of NFL's off season too. But that is what kind of gives the story freshness for the next season of it. You know, there will be new faces. Maybe there are guys that are just in my like developmental that get called up and they get drafted or they are a free agent signing at some point in the year. Because like I said, that if we're going to be treating it NFL-esque in the off season, we can treat it NFL-esque during, during the season too. So 
I tried to go like with something new, unique, something that we haven't seen before, something that really hasn't even been really done in wrestling at that point, kind of presenting it as a little bit more of a sport, making the GMs matter a little bit more, making championships matter a little more, making that biggest event of the year matter more. And plus, my wrestlers will probably want to work for me because they get three months off and I'd probably be paying them. Uh, that's definitely unique and interesting for sure. And um, I think that would definitely... I mean, people always argue, should wrestling be full year? And I think it would definitely make it more fresh. And maybe fans, like, there's a three-month period of no wrestling. Like, fans are dancing. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Build the excitement. Just like the NFL. Like, especially when there's crazy off-seasons like we just had with just all, a bunch of huge uh, stars in NFL, like Devontae and, like, A.J. Brown, like, don't being traded or signing new teams. It's just It was just wild. Um so I like that a lot. And um, just before I say mine, just a reminder, I know that we are kind of with our GM and the commentators and even with that uh, unique segment idea, we're saying like we're in two shows. Eventually we'll have a second show. But uh, once we get to the roster, like the, um, the people that will be the wrestlers for us, it's just one show. Like, Eventually, maybe we'll have a part two where we say our second part of our roster for our second show. But um, yeah, like the only reason I said the second part of my commentator is just because I really wanted to shout out those other three because I'm a big Nigel McGinnis guy. And uh, Veda Scott's a good like indie one too. Just want to say the names. Yeah, so I'll get to my segment. And then we finally get to the roster. Uh, I had two ideas, but I'll just stick with one because one was a match type and it was just really complicated. I mean, it's not complicated, but it's really long. There's a lot of rules to it. So I'll just go to my non-match draw. And it's a simple concept. Um, it's kind of, it's not like it hasn't been done, but it, I want to present it in a way that it's unique and it is a draw. So each show, like every show, it, um, even the pay-per-views, even the big ones, there'll be the the show starts off with Jumbotron. All it's a random like drawing, so all the wrestlers and every division will come across that board, and um, it's like you know random, and then it selects one, either a tag team, a woman, a male, doesn't matter who. Also, just want to clarify, there will be intergender wrestling in my company if they want, but not not all the time, but a that little was, bit. That was going to be my second gimmick was intergender wrestling. Yeah. I just want to clarify because um, it makes this segment more interesting and unique too. So the person gets selected, then they get to pick anyone. It can be a rival. It can be someone they've never faced. Anyone in the roster. No limitations. They get an automatic match that night. They, once they pick the person, that person has to come out. Now they can't say no. They can't make any excuses. They can't pretend to be sick, pull like Edge and Christian and vomit buckets. Uh, no, none of that. They have to wrestle if as long as they're cleared. So only the people that are cleared are on the on the board. So they come out and they have a promo battle. They both say their piece, and then that's the opening segment of the show. The main event is the actual match. Also, you don't just pick your opponent. If you want a stipulation, you pick the stipulation too. You get free control. You can pick referee if you want. Anything you can think of that you want in this match, that's what you get for the match. Now, like, and uh, I mean, that's it. That's really all, all it is to my little uh, idea. That is super interesting. I literally thought of like three ideas right off the bat on how that could be played for like a storyline. Like a guy who like, like someone like the Miz, for instance, something that like, you, it's hard to get your hands on them, you know? And then let's say like you get him, but you have like a, like a good, a good partner who also is feuding with the Miz and you choose that that partner is the special guest referee of your match, you know, something like that. Kind of just with the referee idea that you just had um, where you're like, they, you both get to have him, you know, you get to have him in a match. No, no escape for him. You do it a steel cage too at that point. So I like that. That's actually a really unique idea. I think that it makes people want to tune in weekly because they think they're going to be seeing something new and unique every week. And I feel like that's why like things like the raw roulette that always really drew me as a kid. Cause I always liked the anticipation of seeing things I hadn't seen before. And just to clarify, when I say everyone in the company, I mean, everyone. So 
if Regal's down to it, his name his name would be on the board. He's up. He doesn't have to. I would be on it. I would want occasionally. I wouldn't always be on the random selector, but like, uh, well, no, uh, we wouldn't be in the random selector, so we don't get to be the ones who pick our opponent. But um, the opponent can pick us. So if they get selected, they can pick us if they want. In Regal sense, I would have to approve it. Like I would have to come out and be like, I approve that decision, or whatever. For me. You know, I can't refuse. I'd say I can't refuse, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I think that's actually a super good idea. All right, so where do you want to move to next? Let's go to the women's division here. All right, let's 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 both just say it. Ready? Three, two, one. Bailey. Yeah, Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> she also the first one you wrote? Uh, not the first one. I wrote the th- I, wrote. I wrote the three like that we had um before um that, like I did before in our eight and you know Lynch, Deeb, and Bailey. So I can just say that right quickly. Um, I even have what they would be when we first start the company: Lynch a face, Deeb a heel, Bailey a heel. Those are my first three of my uh eight. Well, I also picked another woman during that eight. And she also would be in my company, and that is one Sasha Banks. And then for my third one, I picked. I think this is a little bit out of a left field, but I think that this is a woman that I think I could build and really get behind. I think that already has a lot of fan support, and that would be Tony Storm. I love me some Tony Storm too. That's a good one. I like that. I almost consider her a mine. So originally I had ten, so I kind of have to like scramble. I I crossed out tag teams because we went from eight to six in there, and I crossed out those ones, but I forgot to cross out two women. Uh, my fourth one, uh, yeah, I'll definitely keep this one. Uh, Perazzo, Diana Perazzo from Impact. Uh, added technical. I think every week she gets better in the mic too. Like she's really stepping in this character and really doing a good job. Most of the people on my women's division or just in the roster in general like our people she's never wrestled before so i think it would be really fresh and new for fans of diana prazo too she was i went back and forth on having her on my list she was very close to making it i ended up putting her she would have been my 10th spot anyway and i i think i probably still would have crossed her out but i crossed out athena i had athena on there but i crossed her out my fourth one though on my list is becky lynch superstar legit megastar i think SummerSlam proved that i think last night proved that becky lynch is just top tier women's wrestling there will never be another becky lynch and i want her in my company obviously for that reason i'm just so happy the man is back i mean she's injured but like the man is back like she came out dressed as the man i'm like oh my god the man's back the royal rumble pop is gonna be insane that's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, for sure. I can't wait um, for us to get more of the man. So I'll move to my next one. Uh, I had Athena on it too, but I decided to cross her out. Uh, I'm going to go to Belair. I'd actually, so I originally had her as a face because I had 10 women, but I think, I think I'd actually have her be a heel. Um, I mean, she can eventually become a, face but i remember nxt bianca being a heel very heelish and um i like that one too she can do anything eventually she'll uh be a good guy again but right now in my company she's starting to uh, heal uh, i think she might be probably the one i i put the belt on first actually that's a lie like i can't not put the belt on my girl deep <laughs> Blair. yeah <laughs> i thought you were gonna say bailey I mean, you know, Bailey's my favorite of them, but like Bailey's had it's Deeb needs time to shine, baby. It's Deeb's time. Bailey will get the belt multiple times, but Deeb is my first champ. <laughs> so I actually crossed Deeb off my list. I'll tell you that right now. I'm gonna stab you. <laughs> Just kidding. Are you gonna stab me because of the person that I I'm I put uh at I wrote down fifth on my list, and that is the D M D. I think that Brit, with work and not being a focal point in my women's division, can really help foster it. I think that she will get her reign or two, but I do think that she's somebody solid to have as a character in the women's division, somebody solid to have as you can get a good match out of her in the women's division. She'll She's a good heel to somebody's face. Like I think like her and Tony Storm 
again, we've seen it. And I think that my company could also really benefit both of those women being in that match. I'm not, I, I mean, I like that. I like her on the mic. Uh, I, I, I like that you said that she wouldn't be a focal point. Cause I don't think she, she definitely is like a person that should be a whole title at least once in the company. I don't think she's the woman. I don't think she's on the par with the four horse woman or Oscar or someone like that. Now I originally had Oscar, but I actually crossed her on my 10. That was really hard. She's so good, but um, I am going to go someone like that. Well, different style, but um, prestige in Japan on the Japan circuit. EO I'm going EO here. Genius of the sky. Uh, she's just so good. She can wrestle anyone. She's got the chemistry with Blair. I think she can have mm, just classics everyone on my list. Yeah, for sure her. And also building my roster. One thing I really took out, like some people might surprise you, like some of my favorites aren't on it's because I really like overthought my building in my company. I really wanted to, um, like representation matters. And I wanted to do different like people. Like why did my woman initially? I didn't have any like Asian zipper stars. I'm like, that's important. I don't even... So, you know, I want to make sure I at least have EO and originally had Asuka too, but crossed her out. And um, yeah, I think that'd be important to have her on the show for that. And because she's just a phenomenal wrestler. Well, I don't have any Asian women on my women's spot. Uh, I, I do believe that there are a lot of great women talent out there that come from uh, the Asian continent. I do have somebody that comes from the South American continent, though, and that is Thunder Rosa. I think that Thunder Rosa is somebody that I would put a lot of a lot of effort into her being my baby face. Like I think that I, I I just love Thunder Rosa, man. Like I just think that she's kind of just getting a little shafted right now with storylines and who she's like been going against. But I do truly believe that she's somebody that just comes off so genuinely, so personable, is good in the ring. Mike wise, you know, maybe we'll pair her up with the manager, but like. I don't need if she's my baby face like I don't need her cutting these vicious promos against people like I just need her to bring the heat which is what she does she just brings the heat and I I I like I just I don't know I I really like her look I love her as a person and that is just somebody that I would want involved in my women's division That's a good one she's not my favorite but um it, it you see South America isn't she from Mexico <laughs> Isn't that North America? Where's she from? America? Listen, listen, Juice. <laughs> I haven't been in a school in four years. I haven't been in a geography class probably since I was 13 years old. If I was on your trivia team and I got that wrong for you, I'd apologize. I wouldn't put that in a slip. I wouldn't turn that to the host. <laughs> All right, um, Mexico is a country in North America, by the way. I just confirmed that for myself. That's all right. We'll cut it. We'll cut it. We'll cut it. I'll cut it. Okay. Super producer. Uh, next person for me is actually someone that might come out of like left field, but I really wanted to add some people on my roster that – maybe on the indies or just starting to get like attention on TV, like people that aren't big that I can really build up people that I see star potential in. And this is Willow Nightingale. Yes, Juice. I was so, I was this whole entire time. I was like, he's going to say Willow, please say Willow. Cause I fucking put Willow on mine too. <laughs> Cause we're smart. I mean, she's been on TV a little bit recently and like her charisma is just undeniable. And like the crowd loves her too. Like mainly in like, Western Boston, but even other places like Pop Four, she's just so fun. Uh, the babe with the power just definitely deserves a spot on my roster. And I feel like a rivalry with her and Bianca would be really fun and just awesome. And a rivalry with like uh, Perazzo, too, I think would be an awesome one, too. Uh, yeah, just give me more Willow Nightingale. Willow Nightingale's on my roster. Yeah, I, I fucking love Willow. Actually, you were with me at a beyond show the first time i ever got to experience willow wrestling in general i never have heard of her before that beyond show and literally ever since then i have been nothing but a big fan of hers like always keeping up what she's doing where she is and like her getting a lot of opportunities on AEW dark like she's almost a mainstay on dark at this point i would say and getting some and she's actually she's been on on a uh, rampage too right 
Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure that she is one of their Ring of Honor, like she's on a Ring of Honor contract. Oh, I, she, I didn't know that. I think so. Don't like uh, reading that. I just know that she's been in both the Ring of Honor AW shows, and um, you know, like Gresham had the contract, and Briscoe's are off for one. So I'm pretty sure she does, but um, don't quote me on that. But I think so. She's been around like AW Dark and Dynamite and Rampage and both the Ring Honor shows that it's hard to imagine if she doesn't have some type of contract right now. She is such a great young talent right now. And again, one of those people that just exudes positivity, exudes just being yourself, not being letting anybody define what you are, who you can be. I love Willow. Willow, Willow. Willow would definitely be like my young star that gets built up to be a superstar for sure. For sure. So I'll just go to my last one. I only got one left. I said Lynch, D, Bailey, Perrazzo, EO, Blair, and Willow Nightingale. The last person is one of my favorites. Someone that I think just in the ring is a star. Someone that also would be my hardcore queen. She's my, uh, She's the, she's the one when you put her in a hardcore match or a death match. Uh, she's not going to lose. She's just a badass. It's Kaylee Ray, a.k.a. Alba Fire now. But um, I give her the choice of whoever name she wants to use. I just use Kaylee Ray as my notes because just writing KLR is really easy. <laughs> she's so good. Some of my favorite matches, um, her and uh, Maiko had one of my favorite one matches a couple years ago or a year ago. Yeah, 2021. And she was someone I am just rooted, was rooting for to be the one to dethrone Mandy. I don't think she will, but uh, I was really hoping she was going to win that the stand and deliver in that match she was in. with feel four-way. Yeah. Uh, I knew she wasn't, but um, I was hoping for it. Yeah, that's my last one in my women's division. Yeah, I think that's a good one too, actually. I think that's somebody that goes a little slept on, a little under the radar for a lot of people. Definitely went under my radar, I'll be honest. But that's because the person that I picked to round out my women is one of my favorite women's wrestlers in in the industry right now. Somebody that I've seen wrestle in live multiple times. Somebody that I've screened my head off live multiple times for. Somebody that I unfortunately got kind of fucked the opportunity to meet her. And that is Ruby, 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 Ruby. So, oh, I also still believe that she should have beat Brick Baker. I also still believe that she should be the one to beat uh, Jade Cargo. So, uh, hot takes maybe, but... Uh, I think Ruby is just amazing in the ring. I like again, look like you you can't have that look in any other person. Like she's just a badass, just straight up fucking badass chick. She'll kick your ass, and you know, like she, she's somebody that I could see working intergender matches, especially for my company. You know, I, I think she can keep up the pace with any any other person in this wrestling world and put on a great match at that point too. I do like Ruby for sure, and I'm um, also shafted to, for a chance to meet her. I did say something real quick to her, but didn't get to you know take a picture, get an autograph. Ruby, my opinion, Ruby's very mixed. Like I love Ruby, I love the cheer for, her, but when it comes to matches, I've noticed that most of the time her matches, when she's not up against elite talent, they kind of fall short for me, and that's one reason. That's probably the main reason I didn't put her in. But um, well, actually, I think she'd probably have a good match with most of these people. But um, yeah, I mean, still a fan of her either way because she's just fun and she's got a good look and uh, I I like her on the mic. I think she can be pretty funny and like I remember her and Liv, big fan of their last run as Riot Squad. So yeah, that's a good pick. Um, is that all eight for you? Indeed, it is. Okay, so we can just move on right into it. Go to the tag division. Uh, six in the tag division. This was tough. Like I kept adding and deleting numbers. Like I, I started with six and I add eight. I almost thought about doing 10, but I'm like, no, that's too much. And then we went back to six. So there's six. Real quick, I'll just say the two I deleted. Viking Raiders, and then I made a tag team, Swerve and Grayson Waller. I deleted that as well. Um, I kind of just wanted the two in my company and that was a way to do it. So I'll just start with the first one that is in the company because those two teams are not. FTR, which was in my uh, eight last time, and G Grizzled Young Veterans. Um, that was also my eight. Those two are the first two that I'll go. And I already told you on my on our eight that those are the guys that build a division around. Um, yeah, so we can just go to you. Well, I'm going to just knock three off the bat because it's three of the same tag teams that I had on my uh, roster builder. FTR, of course, the Usos and the new day 
And I, I think that it would probably be, again, the three-person culmination of the New Day, but that would be more having them in the tag division. Um, I can just add on to that. So one of mine that I didn't have an eight by add now this time is the New Day. And I decide, so I originally had Biggie in my upper card men's and I took him off. That was actually my last minute change I did in the episode today while we were talking. I moved him off of that so I can add someone in and I just included him in the New Day because I already knew I had New Day. So uh, Biggie, Kofi, and Xavier Woods. And they're guys that, yeah, I'm cheating a little bit. They're in the tag division. They'll definitely have multiple tag reigns. But um, whoever's not, the third one who's not in the tag picture will for sure be in both the upper card and mid card at multiple points <laughs> because I love all three of them. I think all three are world champion caliber guys, even Woods, Woods who hasn't. And I feel like I really, I'm sure someone does, like multiple people do think that he is up that standard, but I don't really see it talked about on Reddit or Twitter or anything. I do think he's a world champion caliber. I think he's really fun, and I think he's a great wrestler. His ring psychology is, uh, you could argue, the top tier of the three. Like, his mind for the business is maybe above the other two. And that's saying a lot, because Kofi's such a veteran. But, uh, yeah, uh, New Day is my third tag team. Well, my fourth, I feel like, again, shouldn't really come to a surprise to anybody. It is the Young Bucks. Because, again, one of the best tag teams in the game right now. Uh, no longer have their titles, but, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, I could just make this real easy. Uh, my my fourth is the Young Bucks as well. Now, people that know that I'm not the biggest Young Bucks fan, it's more so just I don't neglect their matches because their matches are amazing. They keep doing better and better matches. And the reason I have them on my list is because – they have a huge fan base. I know they're going to knock in the park. I trust them completely. And even though they're not, like, I, I'm not constant. I don't really root for them. Doesn't mean I don't respect that they are one of the t- best tag teams in the world and they deserve a spot in my company. So that's my spot. And that's how I feel about you having the Young Bucks. That It's also just smart. And I had a feeling you would because it's the Young Bucks. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't deny the legacy and the character work and the in-ring work. They're, they're just too fucking good. Speaking of too fucking good, I also have uh, one of their AEW greatest rivals so far. Some of, I, I believe, one match you said was one of your favorites in AEW, probably your favorite in AEW so far, and that is the Lucha Bros. I Again, two absolute top-tier talent. Just imagining the ability of somebody like the New Day or the Usos versus the Lucha Bros, them just having some high-impact, high-flying action them just being able to tell an amazing story in the ring that has a lot of appeal to me so the lucha bros was a no was a no doubter for me that's a good one they can just have a go-to and you can keep going back to that feud with young bucks because they just always uh, have great chemistry and fun matches in the ring my next one is actually uh they were part of a faction on the indies um not really in the big uh big league though um it's biff music a.k.a. Oni Lorcan, and Drew Gulak. I'm pairing them together and making them a tag team. And this is mainly because I want both of my company and I didn't have them in my upper card or mid card, and I'm like, I want them, I love them. And I think as a tag team, like their technical prowess and just hard-hitting style would be uh, so fun to watch. And I think them and FTR, that would just be a banger. And them Grizzly Young Veterans too. Maybe just put them in a TLC match, all three of those teams. Uh, that would just be sick. Yeah, so that's my uh, number five. It's so funny because my six is also a team that is a former tag team that no longer tag together. Uh, Also great rivals, formerly of the Revival, and that is DIY. I would get the band back together, Juice. Mainly because I want Chompa and Gargano in my company, but imagining them against the lucha bros too or even the young bucks at that point and just both of them where they are now in their careers versus ftr like those are five and a half six star matches potentially i think for sure and ftr and dyy that can that can be something you go back to so many times they have so much history already and that would be awesome i love that one for sure um my last one is another makeshift one it's um and i was also 
I wanted some type of luchador presence in my company and I didn't have them in the men's singles men's division and it's uh, Angel Garza guy you know I really love and his tag partner I actually went between a few people but I landed on Bandito a young star that can eventually also be a single star and eventually the two once they get more tag teams I think that'd be a great rivalry like split up Garza betray Bandito and um yeah you can go back to that and be like a staple rivalry in the company as well not the staple rivalry but one of them something you can go back to multiple times and um that would just be a fun to watch tag team too i that would just be awesome so that's my last tag team my two that i cut just for for awareness here uh the house of black more specifically black and brody king and rk bro those are good ones um Brody King and Malachi Black, their tag team name was specifically, I know it's part of Kings the of the Black Throne. Kings of the Black. I knew it was Kings. And I was trying to think of the, I was like, Kings of Black something. And I was like, yeah, Kings of Black Throne. Uh, that's, those, those women awesome too. I kind of, but I mean, since we both said our deleted tag teams. You know what? Man. Fuck it. They're, they're in. You guys <laughs> yeah. are in. Same yeah. thing for the women. You know what? Fuck it. We said it for the women too. The women are in too. All right, let's move on to our men's mid card. Who do you have in your five juice? I'll just say all five. Uh, MJF. Now, I know this is one that definitely, I, the only reason it's in my mid card and my, not my upper card is his age. And because the five in my upper card, I really didn't want to bring them down. I don't see any of them as mid carders, at least not in my eyes. And MJF. He won't be in the big card for very long. It'll be kind of like, you know, the United States title is a gateway to the heavyweight title for most people. And that's how I treat it for MGF. Like you get the mid card title pretty quickly and it would really just be a stepping stone for his upper card success and being the top guy. Like it, this is kind of me cheating and making sure MGF is in my company. Second one is the indie guy. It's not really um next level a guy that we've interviewed um but that i think is ready and i think i could build into a great star and it's gregory sharp i just think gregory sharp is his complete last wrestler and i think that he is an indie caliber guy he i think he can compete in the next level he's just that damn good and maybe tv but like who the fuck's gregory sharp but you won't be saying that for long because uh he's you know he's just so fucking good <laughs> And the next one, Carmelo Hayes. I love Carmelo, man. He's so entertaining. Um, I, I think I cheat here and have Trick be a manager for him because I just need the sneak trick in there too because Trick just uh, cracks me up. Carmelo, uh, this is shame not to be really a good mid card, I think, in my opinion. And um, the three of them just on the mic uh, and in the ring, just phenomenal. Next one's another guy that's, that's not uh, the best in the mic, but, um, well, he's a baby face. I mean, he, he can talk. He knows what he's doing. But in the ring, he's phenomenal. He was uh, banned from the U.S. for like five years because passport stuff. And now he's just wrestling everyone in every single promotion ever right now. Now that he's back in the United States. And that's Mike Bailey, man. Speedball. Funky monkey, brass monkey. I love that song. It's a great theme song. Mike Bailey's number four. Fifth is another guy that... um. This guy is made to NXT, but didn't get beyond that. He's appeared on AEW Dark and even Dynamite once, I think, too. And it's Anthony Green. I think Anthony Green's mind for the business is just top tier. The guy, his memory for matches, he remembers everything. Uh, his mind for just why you do certain things, little things in the ring. He knows why. He knows his intelligence, his ring intelligence. Intelligence for wrestling is just elite and someone i think i could build into a top star and not just a mid card what i really love about your five is the amount of indie people that are in there and i did not go that direction at all <laughs> but every person you just said though it truly is a great wrestler and truly is somebody that i think deserves chances to be in the mid card of of these bigger companies and yeah, I, I think any one of those five guys easily could be somebody that bursts out of your mid-card given a few years. Yeah, I think for my mid-card, I was thinking about it. And I'm like, yeah, I could have get bigger people and people that maybe the listeners are more familiar with. And I apologize if you're not. But um, 
I think the point of a mid card is they're not there for long. It's to build these guys up. This is where they first get the recognition and the fans start to get to know them. And then you build them up. And that was my process for this and why I really wanted to make sure it was five indie guys and almost why I didn't have MGF on my list at all. But then I'm like, no, MGF 100% needs being my company. Like, I can't complain about how AEW is not using him, how he's off my TV and I miss MGF and then not put him in my company when I think he's one of the best things to wrestle right now. That makes no sense. So I had to make a room for him. And originally, uh, I forget who it was, but I had someone else there instead. Yeah, so uh, my my five are, are all people who are signed to big companies currently. Some of them are upper card talent, but not egregiously. Um, the first is Lashley. I think that he's amazing as the United States champion right now. I think that he is somebody that's going to bring a lot of prestige and a lot of uh, honor back to that title. I feel like he would be my champion just because I like Lashley. I think he's intense. I think that he can cut a good promo as both a babyface and a heel. And plus, I probably would keep him with MVP, maybe like have Hurt Business be like maybe just Shelton and Cedric. Maybe they can be like a, another tag team or just a lower card tag team. But I, I think that Lashley would definitely be in my mid card. Something that can help build people to that next level. Same thing with the second guy, uh, Claudio Casagnoli. I, I think that Claudio, again, is another great guy, although he is a world champion currently. Uh, <laughs> I think that he is a guy that I can just really utilize to to get my guys to the next level and be somebody that bursts out of my mid-card scene. Like, you know, once once he's kind of like towards the end of his tenure, something he's putting the time in, I think was what he's getting right now. You know, a guy that would get his flowers in my company. Third is Ricky Starks. He was on my uh, top eight people in my wrestling company, but I wouldn't put him necessarily in my upper card just yet. Um, there is a lot of people in this mid card that he has to go through before he can even smell the upper card. But I think that it's all people that are bigger than him, people that are going to make it seem like he has to be a lot smarter in the ring to beat. And I think that Ricky Smarks, Starks is smart. And I think that he does Ricky, <laughs> Ricky Smarks, I should just call him that. <laughs> but I think that he does have a good talent that I can build upon him and this next guy, Wardlow. Uh, I think Wardlow would be built up to be my next beast, my next monster, probably my next Lashley once Lashley is, is said and done. Because Lashley does have some years on him right now, definitely in the later half of his career rather than the beginning half of his career. Um, but I think Wardlow is somebody that can be super fun and build up and he has great crowd reactions right now and, you know, is is TNT champion. So, again, does really well in that mid-card position, somebody that needs that title for a little bit. Once he loses it, and hopefully he gets another good feud or two, he, he's upper card in no time. And the last person, <laughs> definitely not somebody that's a mid-carder, but it's AJ Styles. Because, again, I, I want my mid-card to be like, the, these are the guys you have to prove yourself against, you know? I think that AJ it would comfortably fit into that role where he could win a United States Championship one or two more times in a continental, whatever equivalent title that is in my company. And he can be the guy that somebody like a Ricky Starks beats to be the champion and gives him instant recognition, instant caliber. And plus, he would put on amazing matches. Somebody that you know you can go to night in, night out and get great matches out of. So I went in a completely different direction than you did. <laughs> See that when you had like three world champions. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be stacked like that, but like my my mindset was just these are these are the guys you know these are the guys you have to prove yourself against they're not like considered super duper upper echelon outside of aj and maybe claudio too at this point but they're guys that are going to stay in that middle position you could bring in younger people sooner rather than later since aj and lashley are in their mid-40s and they only got a few more years left i mean lashley's just a physical specimen he might be like the tom brady wrestling because he's just in such good shape but <laughs> Who knows? Hey, as long as I don't negotiate with your company and make me lose draft picks, that's all I care about. <laughs> hey, oh. Uh, I don't know if that's who I'd steal. I'd probably steal when you're, uh, I'd probably like steal Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll go to the upper cards men's now. And um, I'll just say the three that were on my eight, just to make it quicker. And uh, Walter. Seth Rollins, CM Punk. 
and uh, those are going to be the big three for a little while. And the next two are going to be SNL. So, yeah, those three. I'll just start with those three. Uh, take back what I said about those being the big three because my fourth is a big one too. And my fifth is like my underdog guy who's going to be in that Picard for a while, but it's going to take a while to finally get gold. But um, yeah, we'll get to that later. So I only have one technically two from my eight person list that's in my upper card mjf because i would want him to be the heel that like i'm basing everything around if he's going to be my rick flair like that dude is my next for rick flair like that is where he is my position in my company right now so i'm between two people right now and it's rollins and danielson because i just love them both and i want them both to be in my company but I think at the end of the day, I think I choose Rollins. And then third, just to match you with three, is somebody that you said you were surprised wasn't in my company, and that is Bray Wyatt. That's a good one. I, I like that combination. Uh, just That's just fun. Um, all right, I'll go to my four real quick. My fourth is uh, Kevin Owens. Now, it was really tough to get five. There's so many just amazing wrestlers out there. And um, I just think... I actually had Big E here originally and then cheated and moved him to the New Day. Uh, but KO is for sure this spot. And um, he's a guy who can be face or heel no matter the situation. Uh, just phenomenal wrestler. Great mind. And one of my favorites, too. Like, he's off TV for a few weeks. And, like, they just ended the Zeke feud out of nowhere. And I'm like, I had fun with that. So, like, why? I think everybody had a lot of fun with that. And I honestly, I'm really upset that I didn't even think of Kevin. It was not only for my eight person building the company around, but in my main event of my new company too, because I fucking love Kevin. Owens. That dude represents me. <laughs> We're like pudgy boys and we like our uh, pudgy men. Like he's, um, people talk about representation. They usually mean like a uh, race and like class and stuff, but like fat people like to see other fat people <laughs> in top spots. Hey, not that he's fat. He's not lost he's, a lot of weight. I was going to say. He has lost lot, a lot I'm, of weight. I'm not trying to body shame him. Um, he's in 20 billion times better shape than me and I can't wrestle and I, I can't do what he does. I'm just saying like, he looks like, you know, he's not the six, five. He's a jack. Thick. He's thick. Yeah. Like he's not the jet prototypical jack dude and i think that's fine there's nothing wrong with that like people like eddie kingston and ko i i think we need those guys too because especially since they're just geniuses and they're just awesome but yeah that's my number four i think that segues perfectly into my number four and that is one jonathan moxley i think that mox is doing really well in his second term as AEW interim champion i i just really love moxley i think that him going from Ambrose to Moxley and just really carrying AEW on his back for quite a while, honestly, let's be honest. It just really proves that he is somebody that you need in your company, both in in ring wise, character wise, you know, just wrestling know how wise. He's a guy that's been there, done that, and came back again. And I I love Mox a ton. I love what he's doing in the Black Bull Combat Club right now. And I think that he is somebody that could represent my company proud. And I would love to have him in a mainstay spot. That's a good choice. He's very popular. Um, I love them as Dean Ambrose more, to be perfectly honest. And um, when he first signed with AEW, uh, I think is like, as Mox, I feel like it's almost all, all his promos are almost all the same to me. But uh, still a great wrestler, still a top guy. That's a good choice. Um, that, that it's still a good choice because. You know, I even some of my spots, people I've picked are people that are popular with the fans and considered top tier. And he is definitely upper card for sure. I can't debate that. So my last spot is uh, Johnny Gargano. You know how much I love Johnny Gargano. And you know how much I love underdogs. And I think like a, a tiny guy like a Danielson or Johnny Gargano is definitely a must in top card. A guy that's a true underdog. A guy that... um for a while, he will take more losses than wins because I think that's essential to underdog storylines. Like, I remember they used to paint John Cena as the ultimate underdog commentaries. Like, hey, he's the ultimate underdog. I'm like, no, he's not because he wins almost every he wins every match. You can't be underdog and win every match. That makes no sense. So uh, Gargano would be a true underdog. And it would be quite a while until um, he finally 
wins the world title, but he will, and it will be just momentous for my uh, company. And, you know, he will be my top baby face for sure. And even there will be times when he fuse the guys in the mid card and lose, and like, you know, people will be like, is he really upper card and stuff? And that go through your head. I really want people to think about it. And Johnny's going to be essential in my company. I think it's a really good one. I think that's a sleeper pick for sure. I think that he can be almost like your next Daniel Bryan. I think in the way you want to tell your story too, I think that you would do that very well. That's a really good one. My last one's relatively basic, arguably the greatest wrestler uh, in the generation of ours right now. And I feel like saying that statement is probably pretty, people have like six people that come to mind. But for me, that is the one winged angel, Kenny Omega. Especially with the Bucks being in my company, I think that that could be a lot of fun. I think we could get a Kenny versus New Day feud. And hey, like you're saying, if we're breaking out Big E from the New Day, we could get Kenny versus Big E. I think that's a unique matchup, something that we've never seen before. I feel like both those guys could have a lot of fun in the ring. Big E with power moves. Kenny selling really well for those power moves. Kenny hitting those big tentacle moves and E just falling like a sack of bricks. And plus, it's Kenny fucking Omega. Like... Dude has, dude, classic after classic after classic. Maybe he'll open the door for Okada to come into my company at some point. You know, I, I, I'll let them have their one last feud over my title. I don't care. I'll sell out. <laughs> but yeah, I, I it's Kenny. I, I, I love Kenny Omega. I think that he has done very well previously in his AEW world title reign too. They're building up a very good seeming feud where there's like that hangman is he, isn't he with the Young Bucks? I'm excited to see what comes with that. And I'm excited for Kenny Omega to round out my five upper carters. That's a good one. And one I, I really wanted to find a spot, but I couldn't, I didn't want to delete any of the five I had. And I just thought of it now. I could just, instead of Young Bucks, just cheat and have the elite, <laughs> have three and just elite versus New Day feuds all the time. Just like them playing video games and conventions in real life. It's too late to do that now. JK, he's a uh, elite instead of Young Bucks for me. <laughs> I'm a cheater. <laughs> the name of our former wrestling fantasy league group chat is Juice the Cheater. So, yeah, Juice is one other guy. Uh, people are just jealous because I always win all the time. <laughs> yeah, you did win all the time. I don't even know. Does it exist anymore? I haven't checked that. It, it, it still does. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I think I got a notification for it the other day, actually. Yeah, guess who's in first? Juice. You'll never guess. Yeah. Motherfucking Gana. <laughs> always always and forever all right juice well that was a lot of fun i'm glad we were able to fully build out some rosters and get an idea of uh what our future companies are going to be like because you are the future booking genius so if people have any issues with the future booking genius and who he's booking in his future wrestling company uh where can they tell us on social media nowhere because it's perfect um i'm just kidding here here you go uh, Twitter, capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore, capital P, lowercase O, lowercase D. Instagram, it's the same. T-O-T-C, underscore, P-O-D, all lowercase. Let us know. Let us know yours and, like, um, get really creative with it. And, uh, yeah, I definitely want to hear it. So definitely do it. Like, do it. Do it this time. Do it. <laughs> Most of the time you guys don't, but do it. <laughs> do it. Yes. And as we come crashing down to the mat on this episode of Top of the Cage, we want to thank you all so much for tuning in. And if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you do not give us a five-star review, then you, specifically you, that person not giving us that five-star review, will not get five-star content. And that is just a fact. Fact. But yes, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And we are a shit show, but we will catch you next time.